Welcome to the Jesus Movement Podcast, presented by Awaken the Dawn. We host conversations so you can hear stories from across the movement, receive fresh biblical insights, and gain practical tools to experience more of Jesus's presence in your life, ministry, and city, because we believe Jesus changes everything. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm your host, Matthew Lilly. I'm here with special guest, Aaron Reeves from YWAM Boston, and we're so excited to talk today about worship, prayer, and missions, talk about how those things work together, flow together to advance God's kingdom uh, all over the earth. And Aaron is a dear friend of Awaken the Dawn. God's doing some amazing things there in Boston, and we're excited to have this conversation together today. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Yes, here I am. This is great. Here you are. We've got podcast voices right now. It's because of these SM7B microphones yeah. that we're using. Yeah, we're ready. <laughs> we're ready. Totally ready. Well, man, it's been awesome to connect more and more with you over the last few years. I've gotten to go up there to your base and teach a few times at, at some of the programs you guys are running. And what the Lord's doing there is just really awesome. So we would definitely want to hear all about it today. But maybe just start with a little bit of your story and your journey. Some people may know who you are, but a lot of people may not. So yeah, just introduce yourself and and give us a little bit of uh, who you are. Yeah. Well, like you said, my name is Aaron. I am first and foremost, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I got an awesome family here. Uh, we were just talking right before the podcast. My wife just had our fifth kid and we're so stoked awesome. about it. So I love our family. I love being a dad and Figuring life out as a, you know, I'm I'm in my early 30s and I have five kids, so we chose a weird road for sure in our culture yeah. today. But uh, awesome. we both come from big families, so we love it. And yeah, if you guys actually during the duration of this podcast, you know, my kids could come in here and just throw down. So who knows? But I've been in Boston <laughs> since 2008, so 14 years and worked with YWAM that entire time. YWAM is, a for you guys tuning in, if you don't know what YWAM is, it's an organization or movement, a missions movement that's been around since 1960, started by uh, Lauren Cunningham. And there are so many missionaries, tens of thousands of full-time YWAM missionaries all over the world in every wow. nation. And we've trained mm. several million students over the last 50, almost 60 years. It's just Incredible. It's an incredible it's amazing. Um, movement that's happening, and I'm so honored to be a part of it. So our location here in Boston was planted out of YWAM Pittsburgh by Doug and Debbie Tunney and Jeremy and his wife, uh, who are our directors now here in Boston. And they planted in Boston in 2006, and I was in the very first program that they ran out of Boston. It was a school for using the creative arts in worship. Our motto then was redeeming the arts for Christ, and that's still a huge part of what we love and what we do here. Yeah. It was the huge attraction for me to come to Boston. I was, you know, an artist and loved music, loved performing, all that kind of thing. But uh, I didn't know where I was going with my life. Didn't have a plan. Never really asked the Lord. And when I saw this opportunity to do this kind of mission school, 
like something in my spirit was just like latched onto it. And I was like, I need to do this. I, I grew up in North Dakota and this was an opportunity to like move to Boston. So that was, for me, it was just like the coolest thing ever. So I, I came and did that and it just totally transformed my life. And within a couple of weeks of being here, it was January, 2008, just within those first couple of weeks of being here in Boston, I knew that God was preparing me to be here long-term and he was giving me a heart for this region. And I'm a pretty hard commitment guy when I feel like God's telling me to do something and I like commit to it. I like to go like 100% all in. And that's kind of what I did back then. There, there were some bumps along the road, no doubt, but I've been here for that long. So <laughs> I, I love I love what we do and love what God's doing here. And, you know, the Northeast, uh, we've had this conversation so many times, but people tend to think of New England as this desolate, dry, postmodern place. Uh, where the right. Christians, you know, are hiding under rocks and come out for their conferences and whatever, but it's just not the case. Like this, this place is full mm. of awesome, powerful moves of God, and He's continuing to work here. It's not like this. It, yeah, it's intense. There's a lot of kind of worldly things going on here, and uh, you know, very liberal, all that. But God is moving here in so many amazing ways, and Boston is the center of the world for education. And so we have an opportunity mm. to reach the world through our city, reach students um, who will go and impact, you know, different governments and different cities all over our world. And so that's one of the reasons why we're here as a missionary training center. We want to impact some of these students and uh, send missionaries, you know, all that stuff. So yeah. that's a little bit about what we do. We have a pretty dynamic community here in Boston with YOM, about 40 or so full-time staff. And uh, wow. several families, we're kind of actually in this season right now where there's a lot of young couples who are getting married, which is really weird and awesome. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, it's, it's happening. But yeah, I love, I love our YWAM family here and up and down the East Coast. We know a lot of the bases here over here. So that's a little, totally. that's a little snippet. I don't know that I felt I love like it. a good time. So yeah. Have you been asked to officiate any weddings yet? I have actually. One. Yeah. I've, nice. Uh, we'll go in this a little bit with our conversation, but two of the people that I've been discipling for about three years, four years, they're dating and they, they asked me to officiate their wedding. And I was like, cool. sweet. How do I do that? I don't know. I'm, I'm yeah, not ordained. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm your like run of the mill college dropout. I have zero credentials for anything I do. I just... <laughs> Listen to the Holy Spirit, and He qualifies me. So praise yeah. the Lord, praise God. Yeah, I've gotten to do a couple of weddings, but it's 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 a rare occurrence, and it's always interesting. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about 2017. Yeah, uh, because for Awaken the Dawn, that was really the birthplace of ATD as a national movement. It was sort of the event that happened on the National Mall with 50 tents representing 50 states with thousand plus worship teams, tens of thousands of worshipers day and night, worship, prayer, outreach for three days. And since then, we've seen seven or 800 different tent events happen all over America over the last four or five years, which is incredible. But I know that for you guys, that was a moment and yeah. you know, 
impacted your local base and some things were birthed on the back end of that for you guys. So anyway, just thought that would be a fun place to highlight in the story and maybe sure. maybe hear bonfire, which is your part of your worship expression, kind of how that came to yep. be. Yeah. So in 2016, going back a year, just a little bit, I was kind of released in our ministry to kind of pioneer a, a new expression of worship and prayer here at, in our Wyoming Boston base. And me and this guy, Matt Glover, uh, just started like going to prayer houses and, you know, different worship events or just anyone that was trying to gather worshipers or, or you know, to gather to pray, we would go and serve and try to like help, you know, rally people and just like get this thing going in our region. And that was kind of like our heart and our attitude was, let's go serve these places. And so a year into that, um, we had just finished a few different programs, and so we had kind of this pool of students asking the Lord, like, what are my next steps? And I approached this pool of students, and I said, hey, guys, this is my vision for New England. This is kind of what we're dreaming of for worship and prayer, rallying you know, people in our region to just center ourselves around the presence of God. We're trying to build community around this. And also, very similar to ATD, unify the church in the process, you know, yeah. just around these two things. And at the same time, proclaim the name of Jesus. So there's this missional component. And several of those young students that were graduating resonated with that vision and came on staff. And so that was the first time I had like people that I was directly leading, <laughs> like as my <laughs> staff. It was, it was kind of a crazy time. I think there were six or seven of us and, and then there was a few others that had joined apart from that kind of pool of students. So we had six or seven of us that were full-time. We were calling ourselves bonfires, kind of this idea of pulling the logs together to create a bonfire. But we were like, what are we going to do this fall? And I would really felt strongly from the Lord that we were supposed to participate in 24-7 worship and prayer. And there is this event happening up here that one of our Mutual friends, he's also a very dear friend of mine, John Frizz, had started. I know he's been on this yeah. podcast, so he's got yep. the greatest laugh. My gosh. But um, <laughs> it explodes out of him. Yeah. It's just just yeah. like, whoa, so good. But uh, yeah. we, we were discussing with him like what we should be doing with the 10 days this year when I was kind of sharing all this vision of doing 24 7 in a tent. And we ended up settling on going out to this really historical place in Massachusetts, uh, Western Mass, called Northfield, where D.L. Moody has a camp, like built this huge campus, and massive, you know, movements of God came out of this place. I'm sure John might have mm -hmm. talked about it, you know, on this the show. Student but volunteer, student volunteer movement, movement right? movement, circuit yeah. riders, all that kind of came out of original circuit riders, modern day circuit <laughs> riders. You know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, came out of this area, and we just joined in. Again, we're not we're not new to anything going on here. We're I feel like everything we do is we're just joining in the decades of prayer and you know labor that's going into this region. But we really believe New England once again is going to be this place of just absolute world impact with sending Come missionaries on. from this place again. And yes. So we were out there at Northfield with Jonathan. I was like, this is a great kind of initiation for our young staff who are coming in. We're just going to jump into 10 days of 24-7 worship and prayer. Then I heard yeah. about Awaken the Dawn. It was directly yeah. after 10 days. 
And so I approached our, our young team and I was like, guys, there's a three-day event happening down in D.C. where every state's gathering and we got to go. And we got to go. Not only do we have to go, I was like, we have to be the ones to just like fill out any hour that hasn't been filled yet just to keep the song going. <laughs> and so yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty good friends with Jason Hershey and Ryan and the guys at David's Tent. And we've been down there and I was like, this is a no-brainer. We got to get to D.C. So we did... The 10 days of prayer, it was just absolutely incredible, you know, powerful time. And then right after that, our whole team came down to Awaken the Dawn. And I think the only sets that we did were like from, you know, 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. every day. That was pretty much our sets. And it was wow. awesome. I mean, like our our crew loved it. We, you know, we laid it all out. And it was such a powerful time seeing all of these representatives from every state in our nation all gathering just to lift up the name of Jesus and and resonate around that and for us it like cemented something in our young and you know very fresh team while we're pioneering this kind of new expression of worship and prayer here at Wawa Boston and in the city it really cemented this thing deep in all of us of like centering our ministry our vision around the presence of Jesus and that alone like has so much impact you know to do anything to do any kind of ministry that's uh that's kind of our title ATD we love ATD and since then we've helped out with ATD here in Boston every year that it's happened i mean we just we love it we love what's going on so yeah it's awesome so i'd love to just kind of pull on the thread of of worship and missions and and how those things are tied together because I know yeah. that's something you're very passionate about and have have a lot of great things to say about. But the truth is there was a there was a while where it seemed like you had the prayer worship people on one side and the missions evangelism people on the other side. Yeah. And at, at one point there was probably tension in that may still be with some people, but then it was kind of like okay, we should get along. The prayer people can pray for the missions people. <laughs> and yeah. so then there was kind of like, oh, we're in partnership because the prayer people are praying for the missions people. But I feel like what, what God's doing is not just that, but he's really bringing it all together in a yeah. greater way where, where we're all recognizing that we're called to minister to the Lord and minister to others and be a part of the Great Commission as well. And so how do you guys think about those ideas working together as, as a community that's all about missions, but also really values that presence-centered uh, lifestyle as well. How do you guys think through that, and how does that look like in your kind of week-to-week rhythms? Yeah, for sure. Well, here's the reality. We love spending time in the presence of God, and if we're rubbing up against the heart of God in worship and prayer, we realize what his heart is longing for most, and that is the loss to be saved. Yeah. And so I can't leave a time of worship without that burning on my heart. And it's that simple. It's like if you really understand what's going on in the heart of God, he's desperate to see the lost saved. And mm. we can get really comfortable and have incredible experiences in the presence of God as we pour it out to him. And he restores us, and you know we receive our own you know moments of breakthrough or whatever. But I think there's always a moment in that experience where we have to 
turn back to the heart of God and respond to what mm. his heart is really beating for. And for me, it's just like the marriage of worship and missions or prayer and missions. It's like, and, and really what we're talking about in missions is the preaching of the gospel, like the gospel of the kingdom and the goodness yeah. of Jesus, right? It's, it is sharing that story and the way that, you know, this beautiful lifestyle that we get to live and bringing people into that at every opportunity and not segregating that or, you know, limiting ourselves saying, you know, only certain people are called to certain things. It's like, no, we're, we're all called to do this as believers to bring the kingdom of God into the world and to live this thing out. And it's the fullness of it all, not separated and given to little bits and pieces of people. And so we practice that. We've kind of set up our whole community here at Wyoming Boston around that. We weren't always like that. I think early on in our ministry, you know, we're, we're really evangelistic at Wyoming Boston. We love evangelism. We love, yeah. particularly what most people don't love, we love. We love just like, let's go out on the street and talk to a bunch of random people. Like we've never met a stranger. <laughs> it's like, it's hard for a lot of people to do that. We love it. There is a beautiful, beautiful piece of God that you encounter when you exercise that muscle. You don't get to meet that part of God in any other way. Out there, on the street, in the unknown, what's going to happen? Like Jesus is moving um, through you. It's, mm. it's an amazing thing. I mean, we love that. But probably a decade ago, we had these guys come through, the original Circuit Rider crew, really quality human beings, just like incredible. Yeah, yeah. Before that kind of new movement like took off, and mm-hmm. they just imparted this desperation for the presence of God that like in worship and prayer that we had not encountered yet. And it like it took over. And our director at the time was Doug Tunney, and he just ate it up. He was like, we need to have a prayer room. We need to pray and worship every day to start our day. And wow. that was like, it was, such a, it was such a shift for our own community. And so since then, like we've built pretty much everything around that. You know, you were asking about kind of daily rhythms or weekly rhythms in our ministry. We have a lot going on, as you can imagine, you know, a, a missions movement, there's schools and programs and, you know, events and youth groups and trainings and all of these different things going on all the time. Yeah. How do you stay centered? Well, we like prioritize worship as a family together and we prioritize praying for one another together and we prioritize going out together. So those things are all baked into our schedules. And when they happen, you know, if they interrupt our time, our schedule time, it's like, hey, we're going to give an hour to this. And if we go two hours, it's okay. It's like, this is what the Lord mm. wants to do right now. Um, we never let a, a calendar or a schedule like overrule what, what God wants to do in a moment. And that's something that I think through the years we've, we've been pretty good at. And sometimes that messes things up, but it's okay. Like we, we survive. Like God, God always makes a way. So it's always worth it to go after him than I think stay rigid on, onto something. Yeah, totally. You know, when I think about worship, prayer, and mission, some people, because I've been very heavy on the worship and prayer side and, and, and encouraging people and mobilizing people and organizing people to pray and to worship and minister to the Lord, especially for long hours, you know, sometimes you get some pushback about, you know, well, are you spending too much time or can you do too much in worship and prayer? And I sort of say the same thing that you said. It's like, if you're really touching the heart of God, you know, if you're really connecting to him, 
Like he loves the loss more than we do. You know, yeah. he loves the hurting and broken world. He loves the unreached people groups. You know, he is grieved by injustice more than we are. And so I, th- I like to think of it as like a slingshot where it's like in worship and prayer, you're like pushing into that slingshot and it's like the tension's growing and growing and growing. And it's like, yeah. the more you press into the Lord, it's like, whoosh, he's going to launch you out into his purposes. And a huge part of that, of course, is to actually go be the hands and feet of Jesus and proclaim the gospel out into the world. So yeah, yeah I was totally on board with that and uh, say, hey, let's press hard in, into the Lord and worship and prayer and trust his leadership as he sends us out and be bold in, in sharing the gospel. <laughs> well, giving us a little bit of a snapshot, you know, a few highlights of what's happening there at, at YWAM Boston. You said 40-something full-time missionary staff, yeah. which is in, which in is incredible. Boston, isn't that nuts? It's it's amazing. Yeah, maybe just yeah, share a little bit more about what some of the, some of what you guys are doing, some of the programs. If you have some testimonies, you know, this is the, this is the Jesus Movement podcast. So we want to highlight the things Jesus is doing in different parts of the world and in the body of Christ. So we just want to kind of hear, you know, what is what is Jesus up to? Oh, uh, dude. In YWAM Boston. I mean, I could talk literally for hours about testimonies attention pastors and ministry leaders we want to invite you to an atd leadership summit in salt lake city utah july 26 through the 28th this atd leadership summit is for leaders from across america that carry a shared value of hosting the presence of god through day and night worship and prayer and gospel proclamation Our Awaken the Dawn team will be hosting the event, including David Bradshaw, Matthew Lilly, and David Valier. When you join us for this summit, you will experience real and refreshing connection with like-hearted leaders in an informal, fun, and relational environment, including four free meals together. Teaching and training sessions catered to pioneering presence-centered ministry leaders, spirit-filled and life-giving times of worship, prophetic ministry, and prayer to refresh your heart, interactive breakout sessions and workshops to dialogue about practical ministry challenges, and a regional worship and prayer gathering the weekend after the summit. To learn more and register, go to awakenthedawn.com today. Again, join us for the ATD Leadership Summit in Salt Lake City, July 26th through the 28th. Register now at awakenthedawn.com. We can't wait to see you there. Like there's just they're endless. So uh awesome. but I'll, I'll I'll try to choose a few of the most like recent that are right on my mind. So we have like I mentioned, we, we kind of have a lot going on and we run semester long programs that are for college age students and up. One is focused on using the creative arts and worship. That is our kind of flagship program. It's called the Creative Arts and Worship Discipleship Training School. And it runs for about five months. It's a three-month training here in Boston, and then two-month outreach across the United States with a full-stage production. And we go international with that a little bit for a couple weeks. But that's one program. And we have another school like that. It's called a DTS for Frontier Missions. And so they learn about a people group, and then they go to that people group for two months and just minister. And so that school is actually starting. It's the very first one, very first school starting in January this year. Um, They're going to Poland and Turkey for two months to minister to refugees from Russia 
uh, in Poland. And I don't quite know what they're doing in Turkey yet, but it's just an amazing, amazing thing. So those are the kind of like the two main things that we, we run here. We get, you know, 40 or 50 students across those two schools that come to get trained in missions. And then we have a Bible school that runs twice a year. We have a youth ministry that's running all year long with a significant program that happens in the summer that's, you know, training and outreach for, you know, it's missions training and, you know, immediate outreach right in the summer. Uh, we have a worship school that we run. That's what you've come up and spoke at, the Boston Worship Intensive. We just finished that a couple weeks ago. It was an incredible time. We train up worship mm-hmm. leaders, army of worshipers um, here in New England and teach them how to write songs, teach them how to use, you know, their gifts to glorify God and, you know, impact whether they're going into, you know, a church or they're going in, you know, to the music industry or going to school, whatever, like use their art, their gift to bring the kingdom of God, tell the story of God and be a light in these different places. And particularly, actually, here's a story, testimony. I'll go right off this. Uh, BWI yeah. this year, we went out, did an outreach. We try to do this every year. Every year it hasn't happened, unfortunately, but this year we're like, we have to do this outreach. And so we put it in the schedule, made it happen, go downtown. The day of, actually, this is funny, the day of the outreach, it was like 100 degrees. And I was like texting some of our staff. I was like, guys, it's so hot. I'm going to die. You're going to die. Should we just like cancel this thing because it's so hot? And, and all my staff were like, no, we have to go. <laughs> so I was like, all right, we're going. So we got out there. We're right in the middle of downtown Boston at this place called Downtown Crossing. And because of the heat, we were just like, we'll, we'll be out for like an hour or so. And so yeah. all of our school, all, a lot of our staff come out. We grab... But we do these outreaches with our worshipers. We just grab every instrument we can, and we just go out and like create a circle. It's very hippie, like you know. It's like you make a music circle, and then you just start singing singing songs of Jesus, like whatever worship song you, you can think of. And uh, yeah. you know, different people take turns leading out songs. Everybody's singing. Some people are dancing, and we train all of our people. Like, hey. As people come by and they're engaged with what's going on, or they look curious and they're or look giving us the face, you know, go talk to them, go pray, ask if they need prayer, share the gospel with them, you know, just be in tune with the Holy Spirit, what He want to do. And you know, it's Boston, so people are they're walking by quick. Most most people don't stop because it's the city of fast walkers here. But you know, people do end up stopping, and they're like, "What's going on?" We had this guy. He wasn't a Christian. He just stopped. He got on one of our box drums and he played with us like the whole time. Um, it, was, it was awesome. I was like, "All right, who's who's this guy? He's just he's just playing. Let's go." But we're out there for like an hour or so, and our guys are witnessing and we're worshiping Jesus. Five people got saved in that hour. Come down on, in Boston, just like worshiping Jesus. Wow. I was just like, "Yes, what?" <laughs> I've been doing those kind of outreaches for a long time, over a decade, and you know. We always tell our, our guys we're going out to just proclaim the name of Jesus on that specific kind of outreach. And I don't know if in an hour I've ever seen five people get saved in that kind of a expression uh, of evangelism. Yeah. So I was just like blown away. I was like, let's go, Jesus. It's awesome. And we're able to like yeah. connect those people to, you know, different churches that, you know, it's our city. So we're like able to plug these people in and provide follow up with them. But just an amazing, just like, hey, we're just going to go out and sing songs of Jesus and 
okay, some people's eternities are going to be changed right now on the street. What a privilege <laughs> that is. It's like the greatest miracle. So, Yeah, I, I just want to like pick at that a little bit. Yeah, pick at it. So what role do you think the worship and the music is playing in that scenario? You know what I mean? Like, mm. is it just to be an interesting attraction to draw people in? I think there's some spiritual realities happening there too, but like, yeah, yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, you can go evangelize without music and worship Absolutely. too, but yeah, it's just like, why do you guys do it that way? Well, I think first and foremost, I love, I call it public display of affection of Jesus. I love that's, it. That's the first and foremost reason. It it helps us as believers get uncomfortable, which we desperately need in America. Mm. We need to make ourselves uncomfortable with, with our faith. Get out there. And we just gotta like adore Jesus out like I love adoring Jesus out on like the corner of a street and just like lifting up his name. And mm. I think biblically there are components to spiritual warfare that are going on with that kind of, yeah. uh, it's almost intercession at that point in, right. in prayer, more than worship. We're declaring, depending on the songs that we're singing, I mean, we always try to choose the songs that are exalting Jesus. So you know, I'm not like going into this inward secret place in this moment, like, you know, yeah. but I am like, I'm just trying to exalt the name of Jesus out in the public arena and that's actually the goal. And that's all, what we always tell people. It's like, we're just going outside to shout the name of Jesus. And we're mm. going to do that in this, you know, this kind of way. And at the same time, let's be aware of what Holy Spirit might be doing. So, you know, make sure that thing on is on in your brain. Like, oh, okay, I'm feeling this, this thing in my spirit, like this, this weight of depression. Or, you know, one time, oh, actually so, so many times, we're out there and all of a sudden someone's like, feel like there's an angel right there. Or maybe there's even like a demonic pushback of this, you know, everyone's feeling, you know, super depressed or there's something going on. So we just keep lifting up the name of Jesus, you know, and we just like press into that. I'll tap into another story. It was sometime this summer, we went down to Rhode Island and we did another worship in the square event. And all these events, they're really raw. There's no uh, amplification. It's just, you know, a bunch of people with their guitars and we had a few different churches show up, and we were there for six hours, and there are ebbs and flow to that kind of a moment. You know, it's hard to sing and play a guitar for that amount of time just on your right. own. So when you're doing that, you know, with 50 people, it's like, what does that actually end up looking like? Yeah. But there are moments where it's like, we all are really feeling like, okay, we need to pray for church unity. And, you know, we sometimes, we'll do our homework and like, you know, we pray about that time of prayer, like, God, what do you want us to pray into when we're out there? What are you, what are you going to be doing? And so we end up getting these lists, and so we start going through them, and there's like this, all right, we're going to pray into this, and we feel maybe in our spirit this pushback in this spiritual world, which is a reality. But for us in America, again, it's just like we're all about what we can see and feel and experience, you know, with our five senses, when you introduce this spiritual component to a lot of believers, it's a little bit weird. They're just like, what? And it's like, we don't have a lot of terminology for it, but it's honestly, it's, it's reality that there is spiritual forces at work all the time, all around us. And so it's so important to get out there and do it. So it was an awesome time. Yeah. A couple people got saved on that outreach too. It was just great, man. So all that to say, our intention is always just, let's go lift up the name of Jesus outside of the four walls of the church. 
All right, let's get out there. Right. Let's get a little uncomfortable, and then let's just see what God does. Let's be obedient as we listen to the Holy Spirit. We have so many other opportunities when we plan different outreaches. Sometimes we just go out to share the gospel. There's no other reason, and we just go out cold turkey, do it, you know? Sure. Like, God's creative. He, there's so many different ways we can get out there and, and, and do this thing. But with that particular outreach, worship, prayer, I view it as this moment, exalt Jesus, and there's the spiritual warfare component to it as well. Totally. Yeah. I love it. Well, that's a, that's a great apologetic for every Awaken the Dawn tent we've ever set up. <laughs> right. <laughs> because that's exactly what we're trying to do exactly. is go out into public places, celebrate Jesus with worship, proclaim him with our song and throne him in our praises. And out of the overflow of that, have the conversations, have the prayers with people and explain the gospel, simple gospel with people. Yeah. And amazing things happen. Oh, dude. And 100%. I love it. Once you experience, I mean, I, I love to worship and pray in a room, too, with just believers and, and have those glorious moments, too. But once you've experienced that, getting out into public places, and there's that collision, and sometimes it's kind of messy, and sometimes there's a random dude that sits on the drum, and like, I'm sure you've got some fun, interesting stories to tell, oh, too. Man. You could probably tell of things that have happened when you get out into public places and and things happen. And so it's a little messy, but it's like beautiful. It feels like this is where Jesus would be out in the wildness and the weirdness yeah. of of being out there where the kingdom of God's colliding with, you know, what's happening in our streets and in our cities. And so I love it. I love it. Cool. Any any other stories that are immediately on your mind? Oh, well, you were just talking about funny, funny situations. I uh, just like just <laughs> triggered me, but there's, there's so many. So back this idea of like worship and missions and evangelism, I mean, it's been around a long time. And I sure. remember doing it right when I first moved here. Our kind of my predecessor, the woman who kind of, she totally discipled me in everything that I do. Her name's Jessie. And it was her vision and idea and to get out there. It's just like, let's get guitars and, and worship Jesus. And we were way back in the days, like 2008 or 2009. So it's a long time ago. But we were in Central Square in Cambridge, which has a lot of homeless people, a lot of drug addicts, uh, a lot of drunks. And we we're out there doing, doing it. We had our little speakers this time and we're singing. And then all of a sudden this, this drunk woman comes up, grabs the mic and just goes, this one's for Kennedy and just like start screaming <laughs> on the mic. And uh, it was, it was awesome. We referenced that moment like all the time um, when this we're out on the street, Kennedy. but no one actually, that story, we don't like tell it all the time, but it's like, it's like one of our favorite moments for those of us who are still around. Like, so, <laughs> so funny, but I mean, crazy stuff. That's happens, hilarious. Like, all oh, the yeah. time. You got to yeah. be ready for it and deal with it with grace and, you know, we, in, in the same place, man, I've seen, talk about spiritual and the power of the Holy Spirit. I've seen people sober up in our time of worship on the street. Yep. In that, in that same location in Central Square. Like, they come totally hungover, and the presence of God transforms them right there, and they leave with a clear mind. Yes. And, you know, they don't have the glaze over their eyes and from, you know, whatever drugs they were doing. But mm -hmm. it's, a, it's crazy, man. So, yeah, it's yeah. powerful. Hey, we, we just did this uh, massive tent in Dallas this past weekend so leading up to a big event called Gen Z for Jesus. It was in an arena there with thousands of, of young Generation Z students. And we did 
about 60 hours of worship and prayer in a tent leading up to that kind of swelled up to through Friday night with about a thousand people uh, leading into the arena on Saturday. So a lot of young people, obviously, because the focus was on Gen Z. I know you guys have a lot of young people coming through your schools and your programs there in Boston. I just was wondering your perspective on like, what are you seeing in this young generation? You know, like what, what's encouraging you? Mm. What do we need to pray for? Whatever. But like, what do you, what's your sense of, of what God's doing in this young generation that's emerging right now? Oh man, I, I love that question. I see God doing so much. These guys are, I think they're just the most creative, resourceful, mm. and authentic crew. Like they're awesome. Gen Z is amazing. And mm. they're able to communicate, I think, really, really well. And they're in tune to a lot of things, I think, that sometimes we're not <laughs> because of the exposure to social media. And there's, you know, if you're online at all, you see all this stuff going on. They're indicators of a broken society and brokenness. You know, society's broken because individuals are broken. You know, it's like there's this thing going yeah. on, but there's a desperation and a hunger in Gen Z, the ones who found Jesus and really like want to make a difference, like they're doing it. And there's one, there's, so there's mm-hmm. one guy I'm thinking of right now. His name is Javian. I've known him since he was two years old. His mom... Mm-hmm. Went through our creative arts school in 2009, um, and she had him before that time. So he was there. He went on outreach with us as a two-year-old, and so I've kind of like seen him grow up. And so he's 100. He's in that demographic, Gen Z. And yeah. last year he he's he's gone through our summer programs, done all this stuff. Last year he went through our worship school, and he is unbelievably talented. Like just like he's got skills all around um, and art, like he's just a creative guy. And he's, I think he's a junior now, but he is sold out for the kingdom. Like he loves Jesus. Mm. He loves sharing the gospel and he's like rock solid with truth. Like he doesn't compromise, but he also is so like evangelistic. And I look at him in his life and I'm like, if there are like 10 guys like him, like they're going to yeah. change the world. Like he's just, he's doing it. But he's like, he's one of many young people that we've seen come through. And I'm just like, oh, God is moving in this generation. And I think for me, there are components of, you know, Gen Z that I just like don't understand. And I could, you know, I could try and I could try to do it. But I think I'll do a better job pouring into them and giving them like what I've learned and experienced and then just releasing them. Like you guys go do it. And you know, for me, it's just like, I'm not intimidated or scared of whatever, you know. Yeah, hope, hopefully they grow and do better and do things that I have never done. Like, that's my heart, my, my hope. I just want them to know Jesus, and they're, they're doing great. So I'll tell you this, man. We had, I think, 75 or 80 youth that we trained this summer, and we took them out all over the Bronx, Philadelphia and Baltimore, three really awesome places, not the safest areas, kind of hard, right. you know, some, some really hard areas, you know, city streets, all this kind of stuff. And we went out and just did outreach every day. We just shared the gospel with people. Over 1,500 people got saved in a week, just going out Come on, telling dude. people about Jesus through Gen Z, through these young people, just like, just yeah. filled with this desire to, to share the gospel. 
it's just like, okay, it's like, it's, they're ready. They're ready to go. Yeah. I think they need discipleship and they need, I think people like us who've gone like before them just to commit to mentor them and yeah. guide them, not, not be afraid of their creativity or their crazy skills or intimidated by whatever success they might have, but like yeah. empower them to do those things. Cause they're going to reach people, I think probably farther than we ever can. So we got to like yeah. pour into them and the heart stuff and just like, let them go. So totally. Yeah. And if, if what we saw this past weekend in Dallas was any indication, then it's not just 10 that they're God's raising up hundreds or thousands yeah. of, of these young people. And what I love is that, you know, cultural Christianity is kind of going out the window in America where it's not really cool or trendy to be a follower of Jesus. So it's like those that are in for Jesus, they're like all in. They're all in, yeah. And they're totally sold out, and they're zealous, and they're passionate, and they're creative, like you said. And honestly, you know, gives me some hope for the future of our yeah. nation, knowing that there's what you see on the news cycles, but then there's what you don't hear about all the time. Yeah. Uh, unless you tune into the to podcasts like this. Exactly. <laughs> you got to hear what's going on. This is the good yeah, news, yeah. man. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Aaron, this has been so encouraging. I hope people are stirred about what the Lord's doing and stirred to see the convergence of the presence of God in public places, proclamation of the gospel, along with prayer and worship. This has been amazing. So yeah, any, any final thoughts or any words you want to kind of leave with our podcast community, our Waking the Dawn family? Oh, yeah. Hey, center your life around the presence of Jesus. Mm. I know, I know that's your your mantra, right? But it's just like yeah. it, it is everything. Like we don't know how much we need to worship until you go without it for such a long period of time. Or if that's not a daily ritual, worship and prayer. If it's not a daily ritual of your life, your level of impact, your ability to tune into the Holy Spirit and really listen to the Lord and the little things in your life, it's diminished because you're not spending time in His presence. So. If you can mm. get that, I mean, you're, you're just set up for a life of success in the kingdom. So create routines that involve prayer and worship in your own life, especially when you're not feeling like it, especially when you're not feeling like it. You've got to mm -hmm. prioritize it. So that's what I would yes. say to the people. Come on. <laughs> Aaron, it's been so awesome to have you on the podcast. Thanks, oh, man. Dude, it was my, my pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. We would love for you to hit follow or subscribe in whatever app you're using so that you can continue to get episodes like this every month. If you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor and please share it with your friends and post it on social media. Be sure to tag Awaken the Dawn in your post so that we can reshare that with all of our friends as well. If you're tuning in on Apple, please leave us a rating or a review. And if you're on YouTube, give us that thumbs up like button and leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of today's episode. And we really appreciate it. Finally, please visit our website at awakenthedawn.com. You can find out more about our ministry and movement, and you can also make a donation to help support this podcast and the Awaken the Dawn ministry. Thank you again for tuning in today, and don't forget, Jesus changes everything.